Hello and welcome to the Perusia podcast. I'm Shabal Rash, your host. I'm with my co-host today, Mark Griffin. Hello, Mark. Hey, Shabal. Good to be with you again. Great to have you on. We have a, a very interesting um, lineup now. We have four four of us on today um, because there is a just around the corner our first virtual Catholic homeschool conference that we've been a part of, and the founders of this conference is are both Paula and Maureen. Paula's from Emmanuel Books, and Maureen is from Homeschool Connection. So they join us live from the United States, and welcome to everyone on their page as well. I'm Charbel from Perusia in Sydney, Australia, and so this is a collaboration between. Uh, America and Australia right now. So <laughs> welcome to everybody. Hello, Paula, and hello, Maureen. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. So it's great. Good to be here. Yeah. Thank you thank so much you for joining us. It's thank great you. to have you on. Um, you've been very busy. Um, I know preparing this <laughs> this homeschool conference um, at a time when the whole world has actually been uh, forced, if you like, uh, to homeschool um, because school's been shut down over the last few months and. Yeah. Uh, what a time and what a great initiative. The timing couldn't be better. Um, and many, many uh, parents are probably struggling with the idea of homeschooling. But uh, we, we're going to address that topic today and and, mm-hmm. and none better than you two um, who have been involved heavily mm-hmm. as homeschoolers and then also assistance to those who are homeschooling. So yes. ready. Yeah. To, I'm, I'm excited to dive in a bit. Mark as well, um, for those who don't know, he's he's got seven children and, and they homeschool at home as well. So Mark... And his family, um, his wife and homeschool. My wife Christine and I homeschool. So the four of us are homeschoolers, and so we're going <laughs> to uh, dive into this topic. Are we ready to dive in? Let's do Where it. Shall we begin? I'd yeah. like to maybe before diving into the conference, a little bit about who Paula is, and then a little bit about Maureen. So let's start with Paula. Sure. Um, just sure. an introduction about uh, who you are, what, what you're, what you do, and and then um, we'll go from there. Hi, everybody. My name is Paula Siskanik. And yes, as Charbel said, I'm one of those crazy people who decided at the last minute to put together a Catholic homeschool (laughs) conference. Yeah, and partly because um, everybody knows full well that everything, all events have been shut down. So Maureen and I have been uh, homeschooling 20 plus years, each one of us. Are now, in fact, um, Maureen will tell you she just graduated her youngest. I graduated yeah. my seventh uh, two years ago, transitioned into consulting. And so I work one on one with moms, helping them navigate, uh, you know, the waters of homeschooling. Uh, very often, um, many of the moms that come to me are in our families that are either coming out of a school system. And maybe they have a child that doesn't really is, is struggling and not fitting in with the school um, system right now, or there are families that are just curious about homeschooling and need a helping hand for that. Um, so I began homeschooling uh, about, as I said, 25 years ago. And again, it was just uh, a journey that at first I went sort of kicking and screaming. It was really the encouragement of my husband, you know, and, and I think we're going to tackle myths. But I did think homeschoolers were part of a cult and I didn't want any part of it. So I did get over that with my husband's support. And and that was tremendous for me. He's like, no, we're going to do this. I think there's fruits of it. And I took it one year at a time. And then before you know it, there you go, 25 years. And in the middle of that started a family business where we sold um, Catholic homeschooling books 
kindergarten through 12th grade to Catholic families really all over the world. Very, very blessed to have been involved in the lives of thousands of families in that regard. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank, and I, I know uh, personally, we've had uh, some um, work in, in the consulting space as well. So we've benefited mm-hmm. from your expertise in that space. So uh, uh, it's great. Yeah. Well, th- so thank you for sharing. The- sure. Thank you. Well, I might, well, who, Maureen, um, uh, maybe those um, uh, in, in the States are very familiar with you and your work, um, but may, those in Australia, for those who don't know you, um, who is Maureen and, and, and how did you get involved with your apostolate? Well, I started homeschooling like Paula um, 25 years ago, and I also have seven children. The difference is, though, I made the decision to homeschool 10 years before I ever even had a child. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So I had a homeschooler when I was in college. So, okay. you know, back in 1980, and I was just really intrigued by that because no one had ever heard of it in 1980. Right. Right. <laughs> he told me stories of how he was done with school by noon and then he could spend the rest of the day doing what interested him, you know, and he was this incredibly you know, just a unique, wonderful human being. And I, and so I was really intrigued by that. And on top of that, when I was in high school, or actually middle school, I had back surgery. So I was out of school oh, wow. for six months, and bedridden, completely bedridden. And I had a tutor come to my house every day for two hours, four days a week. And she had to hold me back. Because I wasn't <laughs> allowed to get ahead of my fellow students in class. So when I met this homeschooler in college, I want to do that, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I, I came to it in a little different path. Um, just, you know, when I started having children, I just couldn't bring myself to send them to school, you know? So a few years into it, I decided to write a book along with someone else. We, we had talked about doing a magazine, but we decided that as homeschoolers that we just, life happens, you know, and would we be able to meet deadlines? So instead we did a book. Catholic Homeschool Treasury with Ignatius Press. And then we did another book, A Catholic Homeschool Companion, and then another book. <laughs> so I've been speaking and writing for many years on the topic of homeschooling. And then 12 years ago, uh, Walter Crawford, who's founder of, of uh, Homeschool Connections, uh, reached out to me and asked if I could do a webinar with him. So he started out doing webinars and they eventually mar- morphed into doing online courses. So we were taking the technology that we used for the webinars to help parents homeschool their high school students. And the plan was, you know, three or four courses a semester, just help parents, you know, supplement what they were already doing. And next thing we knew, uh, we have 450 courses, we cover third through 12th grade. It's just been a great blessing to us. And I hope a blessing to the Catholic homeschooling community as well. And we have students worldwide. We have students in Australia and New Zealand and Fantastic. Peru and Germany everywhere. So just wow. love our work. How, how many years has um, Homeschool Connections been been 12 years. Uh, operating? 12 years now. 12 wow. years. Yeah. And, yeah I can't families from all over the world. Yeah. And I would say first, I'm one, of those, online. I'm one of those families that has been tremendously blessed by Homeschool Connections Uh, Because Maureen, she's right, you know, at a certain point, you get to uh, want your children to experience other teachers, but also to follow some of their interests. So, for example, when my son wanted to learn biblical Greek, at that point, he's my seventh child, and I refused to learn another alphabet. And so I'm like, how do I, I had no tutors locally, 
And again, through Homeschool Connections, I was able to sign him up for a biblical Greek class, you know, something I couldn't offer. And, and it's uh, right. just one of many of the blessings and stories from my own personal family. And many of the families I consult use Homeschool Connections in that way. I think a lot of moms always think they have to be all and do all. And that's really not true. Yeah. It's really learning what to outsource and mm. what to keep. So. Obviously, obviously, with the current situation, there are so many more people homeschooling than ever before. But before yeah. we got to this scenario, had we already seen a trend in increasing in people uh, taking up homeschooling as a, as a valid option for educating their children? Maybe, Maureen, I'll, I'll direct that to you and then yeah. Pally, you yeah. can provide something sure. as well there. Well, homeschooling has been growing. Um, you know, back when I first started, it was growing exponentially. And so I think it's leveled off a little bit. And the Catholics, we've seen more and more Catholics come to it. Catholics were a little late coming to the homeschooling game, right? It originally started out with kind of dropout hippies in the 60s and 70s. And then the evangelicals, you know, picked it up in the 80s because of um, lack of prayer and, and things like that in the, in the schools. But Catholics had Catholic schools. So I think a lot of Catholic homeschoolers came to homeschooling the same way I did, where I wasn't trying to run away from something negative. But instead, I saw the beauty of educating my children at home, the beauty of the family life, right? The beauty of sharing our faith, of learning beside them, bringing joy to learning. Um, you know, my goal as a home educator has been um, not to stuff facts in their heads, mm. but to create a joy and love for learning. And I can do that in a, in a home atmosphere. So yes, homeschooling has been growing. I think you see it growing in, in Catholic circles um, more than you did in the past, just because people are discovering the goodness and the beauty in it, rather than I don't like what's over here. So I have to find something else. That's a great point. Um, I, I certainly um, can relate to that, hearing a lot of um, people over the years just, just using one reason why um, homeschooling is necessary to avoid the negative side of schooling. And specifically, many times I've heard because they're not happy with religious education in the Catholic school now. That can be a valid um, point in most cases. But if right. that's the only reason why you homeschool, you miss the point. And, and I realized I actually was one of the skeptics with my wife. I was, a, I'm a teacher by trade, teaching uh, uh, phys ed and religion. So I was a religious teacher and I knew my kids were going to come to the school I taught at. We have daily mass. Um, the whole thing was, was great. And, and we set it up until my wife said, no, really, we moved to the area and we'd like to homeschool. We, we pray to St. Joseph and, and he sort of opened up the door for us. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, okay, we'll, we'll do it for, for maybe one term and just see. And then we'll do it for one year and just see. And now yeah. we're, we're about seven years in, eight years in, and absolutely loving it. And, and now I can give you a long list of all the pros about homeschooling. And I think that's what I want to celebrate today is what are the reasons why we homeschool? And we might even tackle the misconceptions about what, what I guess the general uh, culture think about homeschoolers and homeschool family. Um, sometimes... Uh, like Paula thought, are, are we a cult? Um, are people um, uh, aliens out of this world? What, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. So let's 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 touch on it. And may, maybe I'll, I'll start with Mark, especially with a father's perspective, because a lot of people realize it's not just a mother's game here. Um, fathers have a role to play. And Mark, you yes. and, and your family have decided to homeschool. Tell us the reasons why, and and maybe um, the role of the father. And then let's 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 work through maybe some individual cases here. This will be interesting. In my own scenario, 
homeschooling was definitely something that was not my plan. Uh, my wife was homeschooled as a child growing up and in and out of homeschooling for, for a while there. They were, were, were schooled at home and then they were sent to, they were actually sent to a Baptist school because their parents thought they were going to get a better education than by going to the Catholic school where they were living. Um, they probably weren't wrong <laughs> um, in, in, that, in that case, but, but they were sort of in and out of homeschooling. And then my wife was the oldest of nine children and, and Wow. While she had then finished schooling, she was helping her mother with the homeschooling for younger siblings mm-hmm. um, because uh, mm-hmm. one of the one of the one of the family were spending some time in hospital and her mother was in and out with that. And so she was helping out with some of the schooling of the younger siblings. So she had an experience in that, but but I didn't. I I actually attended the school that Shaba was teaching at, not at the same time. We're we're a bit closer in age than that, but but I, I actually attended that school right through and and I would never have even dreamed of homeschooling until my wife presented as an option. And and I was actually pretty happy with the education I received looking back um, at, at not long after <coughs> I left that I I felt that was that was quite a good Catholic education. And as Shabal mentioned, mass every day and a, a really good religious education. But but as now I've had children of my own, I'm seeing that some of the things that I experienced at school, I, I don't necessarily want my children to experience those things at the same age I had to experience them. You're not, you're not in a, a space that necessarily caters to their particular learning style. When you're in a, in a classroom setting, there are 20, 30 children in there and one teacher. Uh, that one teacher does their best to cater for different learning styles, but they can't teach the same class 30 different ways if there are 30 different learning styles in that classroom so one of the real benefits that I was sold on and as we're seeing our kids grow up is they're all different and they've all got different styles to communicate with us and to learn from us and and in a homeschooling scenario we're actually able to to better cater individually to them I give my wife a lot of the credit here she does because I I have a full-time job and and she's the the stay-at-home homeschooling mum she does do the bulk of the, the heavy lifting when it comes to the education, but but I see my role as supporting her in every way I can when it comes to working out a curriculum, to sitting down and, and talking with her and not just letting her work it out and say, yeah, whatever you think is great, and, and then sitting very much on the back seat. I, I have to have that conversation with her as we, we plan the curriculum and we have to have regular conversations. How are things going? What's working? What's not working? Is the house set up even in a way that, that best facilitates learning and do we need to change something at home and and then when I do get home and I have got time at home and on the weekends and in the evenings it's about finding a way that I can contribute something to the to the education process and it's not all just learning from mum that that dad's actually a part of this as well and we're a team in doing this and then beyond that we're actually looking for external sources we're within a, a homeschooling community where we live and other families doing the same thing and and some days the kids will go around to someone else's house and they'll do a a woodwork class or or other days that all the children get together and go up to the church and 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 my wife actually leads a a children's choir within the church as well so it's people get this idea that there's these these families are just living in a bubble and sitting at home detached from the world but it's actually a really essential part of homeschooling to have that connection with the world as well and but to do it on our terms and to be able to monitor how our children are responding to it so we can address things as they arise. Whereas if we send them off to a school when we're perfectly capable of, of doing it ourselves, but just the convenience. And I, and I know, let me say, that's not the reason every parent sends their kid to a school just so it's convenient for them. But but in our case, we're in a position where we can actually monitor more closely. And, and in our case, we feel it would be irresponsible to send them away and let somebody else worry about it. And yeah, so that, that that's how we 
we came to where we are where we're at with homeschooling now it, it is really a challenge and my, my wife with a newborn now as well from a few weeks ago there's, there's another dynamic that needs to be considered and, it, and it's always changing but that's where the the team effort really has to to pick up and I, I don't know and and, and Maureen and Paula I'll, I'll ask you this when I first was introduced to the idea of homeschooling mm-hmm. I was as well one of these people that thought oh no that's crazy that's just people trying to be different and and trying yeah. to be detached and and I I have to be honest I from from homeschoolers that I know there, there are some horror stories out there that, that you see but I don't think I can necessarily in hindsight pin that on homeschooling as much as right. maybe just that one situation or, or, or some dynamic that yeah. was in that particular situation yeah. so exactly. so we often hear that that you know they're a little bit funny those homeschoolers but but what do you yeah. say to that is that it, in my opinion like I say it's it's yeah. the scenario rather than the norm. So, you know, that's one of the <clears throat> big questions I used to always get. People think that, again, socialization is one of key. Your kids are going to be isolated. But more than that, I think people approach homeschooling as if it's something new. And I really like to counter that argument by saying, actually, our institutionalized brick and mortar type model of schooling is actually a rather new concept. Because if we yeah. look at humanity and how we're taught. I mean, you just go down to classical times, you know, thousands of years ago, it was not that method. If anything, um, we also find that the model we're using today, and again, so, so one of the things I did was I did research. I said, you know, let me find a way to answer this question to people. Why do people think that this is just, you know, the way you have to do it? It's the standard. And I went back and looked and researched and really much of, at least, and I know in America, the model we use for education that's being employed today came out of the caste systems in India that they modeled in England for the industrial Um, jobs. So they were looking at a system of how to teach people a particular task, a particular job to make it the most effective way to use it. And you have that kind of model and how you organize your teaching. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't, there are really great schools out there that are trying to take more of a a classical approach, a, a different, you know, flipped classroom, all sorts of innovative things are happening today. And that is amazing and a wonderful blessing. But for majority of people, they go through the typical, you are just put in a classroom based on the day you're born, not necessarily on where your skills are. And in some ways, what you're doing is you're actually hindering what is natural to human beings. I mean, we're natural problem solvers. Every day of our life, we're, we're trying to solve a problem, whether it's I'm too hot, how do I take care of myself to be cooler? I'm hungry. Well, where do I go to find the food to more complex issues of just like even planning a conference? How do I solve all the dynamic problems that I encounter each day? So that ability to solve problems, that discovery, and as Maureen, I wanted to get back to Maureen's point, it's the joy, the joy of learning. A lot of that has been taken away uh, because we concentrate more on this utilitarian idea of education that it's really aligned towards getting a job. And I do get that argument, I think, still to this day from a lot of the moms that I work with that say, you know, dad's not on the same page. He feels like my kids won't be prepared for the world. But 
I almost find the opposite happens because kids are being told what to do when things, you know, they have deadlines and assignments and they're more or less spoon fed in a great regard in a classroom situation. Whereas you have this ability in a homeschool environment to actually have the children in some ways as they get older through the program to direct the learning. Now, I don't mean like, oh, just do whatever you want, but in have a say in terms of owning and having ownership towards what they're doing, being able to say, you know, I have a research paper that's due. Here's a deadline. It's due in two weeks. How do I break that up into small tasks to be able to do that and be able to still function in the world? And more importantly, we have the time to get them to volunteer in community things, be involved in our neighborhoods, be involved in our parish. Um, You know, my kids were always involved in things like being able to go to the local soup kitchen. You know, you don't see the kids during the day being able to uh, have those kind of opportunities, but also to, and one other point is that I really do believe that God plants passions in all of our hearts. And those passions are grounded in his wanting us to serve the world with those passions and the ability to have silence, to have time, to have conversation, to research those things. It it, it becomes so, so non-existent in a traditional school environment where children are not only being lectured to, so they're not being, um, involved in that discovery process, but then have to come home, do homework, and then go to sports. And before you know, it's time to go to bed and start the cycle all over again. So I find it's more efficient in that regard as well. Yeah. There's some great points there. Thank thank you for sharing. What one point I'd like to just uh, pull out there, you you mentioned the idea of, um, you know, we we almost basically cookie cut things in the school system. You you, you just, everyone has gone through a process. and there's a realization, and I know in the education world, um, uh, there's a push for more student-centered learning. You don't get more student-centered than in a homeschooling scenario when you're tailoring it for that individual and, and you're making sure that you are pushing that individual to their limit or to whatever standards that they are. So in, in some subjects, they may fall behind, but in others, they may may advance. And so you, you gauge that and you start pushing them in their strengths. And I found as a former teacher, my wife's a former teacher, we've seen well, we can actually tailor things a lot more in, in a homeschooling scenario yeah. than in a classroom scenario. It's very difficult to keep those advanced kids going with extension and then those ones struggling in a classroom with 30 kids to keep them ac- occupied too. And then you've got the bulk in the middle. You've got sort of three major levels there and you've got to oversee that. Very difficult in Correct. a classroom So the scenario. model itself it has is inherent just in that model and being able to tailor, as you say. Yeah. But it's it's also in in the ability to to um, help the children to discover. You know, one of the things we talk about too is the school model is such as also how do you reward people too? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kids learn very early on that they the teacher wants approval or the parents want approval. They're afraid of trying things out, and and again that that discovery helps us to master concepts. And sometimes it's in the process, that journey of discovery that um, we actually learn and are able to make that real and concrete whatever skill we're learning. So um, homeschooling is a perfect environment for that, absolutely. Maureen, what would you say um, 
to, to Mark's question there, and, and what what are what are sort of the motivations behind um, homeschoolers, and and then the, uh, let's let's look at some of the pros and and cons. <laughs> so pros and cons of homeschooling and motivations. Yes, please. Yeah, there's, a bit in there. there's three questions in one. <laughs> Well, one thing I say all the time, and, and people who know me are probably so sick of hearing this, but, um, you know, emotions are contagious, right? Mm. And so a big motivator, I think, in my homeschool was just always making sure that I modeled for my children that joy of learning, that joy of discovery, that I can't wait to get outside and, and you know, do some journaling with you or, or go discover this. Or we were always on the go. I mean, the joke was always um, we car school more than we homeschool, you know, <laughs> a lot of learning in, right. in the car and, and, and also being able to do out of the box type things, right. Mm. When, when you're a family learning together, I don't have to stick to a strict curriculum of, you know, biology. Well, instead of biology, maybe we can do, you know, so for example, my kids never opened a science textbook for, for school, except as a, um, well, my older children, except as a help when we did science Olympiad. Yet my son, my oldest son scored a perfect score on his science ACT test. So how, how did we work? learn science, right? We, we did kitchen table experiments. We did, we explored mm -hmm. the outdoors. We did the Charlotte Mason thing of journaling and um, I, we had a little strip of woods behind the house, even though we lived in a very urban area. And uh, uh, the one favorite story is my son was sitting in the woods. I had him sit there. He had to sit quiet for 20 minutes with his, with his uh, sketchbook. And because he sat there quietly, a deer walked up to him like right there. And he got to experience that. Now that's learning, right? Um, as well as learning how to be in quiet and spend time with our Lord. Right. And, and uh, so motivation for, for our homeschool was it was a much more relaxed homeschool and, and education was not always fun, but usually it was, you know, and, and I could focus in on their interests. And, you know, for example, Paula talked about, you know, we have more time to do outside activities. I, I have a son who's a national champion in the U S for muzzle loading. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain so, that? Expand on that a bit. What's muzzle loading? Yes, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so you know, muzzle loaders—the guns they used back in the okay. uh, in, in uh, revolutionary times. We got pack right. the ball, black powder. Wow. Yeah, the national so, champion. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no college scholarship out there for for muzzle yeah. loading. Well, Maureen, <laughs> Maureen, I love the shotgun to get the scholarships. Right. Maureen, but I love the story. You told about one of your sons. Uh, it was the the target practice, the archery one. That's oh yes. Okay, so <laughs> this is how we got into shooting sports. So my son had a couple of friends who were in archery in 4-H. So we did 4-H. Do you guys have 4-H in uh, Australia? Not okay, so it's like no. a lot of language I'm understanding. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they had a shooting sports club. And so he went to join the shooting sports club and we joined kind of late and we'd go every week and he'd practice. So we get to competition and, um, you know, it's the big day and we're at the county fair and, and 100, 200 people there. And he goes to compete. So you have, I think it was 10 sets of six arrows. So he takes his, for his first shot, 
So there's a big round back drop, and then there's the the uh, target. Not only did he miss the target, he missed that whole big round <laughs> back drop. <laughs> All six just totally missed it. And I'm just right shaking my head. Oh my goodness. So I'm watching him. The next set of arrows, he's adjusting, adjusting. He hits the backdrop finally. And by the time he gets through all 10 sets, he's actually hitting the target. So I'm just watching him, right? He's adjusting, mm. adjusting, and learning. Well, we get in the car to leave, and I'm thinking, well, that's the end of shooting sports. <laughs> 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 he's going to be so discouraged. And we get in the car, and he said, I cannot wait to do that next year. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to it's get back great. into it again. And you know what? Two years later, he was competing at the national level in archery. In archery. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then he ended up moving to um, shooting sport or uh, not just muzzle loading. We did something called MIAC, which is um, Michigan Youth Hunter Education something. <laughs> and they have to sh- they have to compete in eight different um, disciplines. So they have they have four what we call um, at the desk test. So he has to do uh, animal ID. So it means that maybe they give them a tooth or a piece of fur and they have to identify mm. the animal, right? Oh. They had to do, um, oh gosh, safety, hunter safety test. They had to do, um, so mapping, being able to map, you know, and, and then they had to do a hunter safety field where they're actually out in the field and they're giving shoot or no shoot uh, scenarios. And then they have four shooting competitions where they have to do shotgun, muzzle loading, 3D archery, and um, 22. So they have to be good in all these things. It takes a whole year to prepare for this competition. And they learned an yeah. incredible amount. I mean, it was a great benefit to our home school, right? And not right. just learning how to shoot, but learning camaraderie. So in Michigan, he got on the team. He wasn't the best shot, even though he ended up being the national champion. But he was chosen that year because of character. So mm-hmm. not only do you, they don't they don't necessarily pick the best shot. He had to have recommendations. He had to write an essay, um, all these things. So through that experience, not only did he learn to shoot, but he learned to build character. He learned to mm-hmm. not give up, to keep working at it, to keep adjusting, 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 and getting better at what he was doing, and to really focus. Um, I remember the morning, uh, the last day that year that he won the national championship, he's in the backseat of the van. So the whole team is in this full-size van and everyone's laughing and having fun, but he's back there just really quiet. And I asked him about that later. So I'm like, he's supposed to be having fun. <laughs> and he was praying his rosary and he just wow. wanted to kind of get in his space and be ready for competition. So awesome. what a great lesson to everyone there. Right. Right. In addition to him. I mean, he, his, his yeah. teammates were really moved by that. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So one of those, you, you raised that point, Maureen too, about, and, and I guess Charbel, you talked about it too, religion. You know, I think with mm-hmm. Catholic homeschooling, you know, the central reason that we homeschool is because we really take seriously our call to be primary educators of our children in the faith. You know, that it, that is our calling. And, and I really do believe that when we say yes to the grace of marriage and then yes to the openness of life, that God bestows us that, that grace that we need 
to move forward with that and that calling and that tug in our heart. You know, we do find that um, it's only human nature that we play the comparison game. Mm -hmm. And even we may have, you know, well-meaning family and friends who are like, well, so, you know, how's your eight-year-old doing reading? And have (laughs) you done this yet? And that, and there's a lot of the comparison game, but that is, as we know, just that, that's just the road to unhappiness. And that's also a road that's not going to give our life's purpose. Our life's purpose is to get to the level of happiness where we're living for God and resting in that and trusting in the grace that he's given us to persevere. And to and that really gets back to living the liturgical life. You know, Maureen, as she said, her son saying the rosary, he wouldn't have done that had their family not been immersed in mm-hmm. in living their faith every day in a meaningful way. So so for him, that's just the default position. It's as natural as breathing, right? So good, yeah. so good. I'd like to uh, touch on, uh, and before, I do want to spend some time towards the end here about the conference coming up, but before mm-hmm. we get to that, um, let, let's tackle just some of the misconceptions. Uh, there's a couple of popular ones out there we've probably heard. Each one of us in our own circle of friends or family have probably asked, some of the obvious ones, you know, um, so wh- why are you homeschooling? Um, isn't, and, and the big one is the social, isn't that, what are the kids going to do socially? You know, they need to interact. They need this engagement with other young people around them. How do we address that? How would we each respond to that, the social argument? Yeah. Well, start with, I, yeah, I had to have a watershed Maureen. moment when um, I was at mass one day and someone asked me, what about socialization? And it was kind of my breaking point. I'd been asked that so many times. And I said, you know what? That's exactly why I homeschool. Thank you for saying that. Socialization is exactly (laughs) the reason why I homeschool. My children are better socialized and, and it's been a great blessing to them. So how are they better socialized? Well, one, I'm able to teach them the golden rule, treat others as you would treat yourselves. What else do you need to know to be well socialized? (laughs) You know, I mean, I used to spend all my time explaining how we get in the car and go every place and we socialize with other people. But isn't that what it comes down to? Teaching our children mm-hmm. to see God and the face of every human being they meet. Yeah. Um, but as far as actually getting out and socializing, we're probably out more than their public school peers because homeschooling takes less time. So we were out in the community like Paula, right? You go to the the, the um the soup kitchen and volunteer. We're able to volunteer. Our, we actually volunteered at our Catholic school. The kids and I uh, took care of the mm-hmm. library and then they would let me check out books for free. <laughs> you know, we, um, I'm, I always say I'm raising my kids to be adults, not first graders. And if my child's around 25 first graders all day, they're learning how to be a first grader. I want my children around people of all ages. And so my children were always comfortable around adults, teenagers, children, babies. I mean, I'll never forget, um, you know, one of those profound moments as a homeschooler when uh, a friend of mine's baby was crying and my son walked over and took the baby from her mm-hmm. and, you know, bouncing the baby. Yeah. You don't get more social. Yeah, than I, had a, <laughs> I know. Right <laughs> I had a similar thing too. We went to a, a a group picnic, and again, exactly. I there I am. I think you know had four, and my oldest was six, and I'm juggling the kids. And sure enough, one of the other homeschooling families, their son came over, and he says, "Would you like me to take the two 
you know, older ones over to the swing set. And, 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 you know, like that was my, one of my first interactions with homeschool families. And, and it was one of the reasons that I started too, was I had met teenagers that had been homeschooled who were just like really well-adjusted kids. Like these were not that typical teenage angst that wasn't, you know, the, the whole, and I really firmly believe that we tend to perpetuate this very selfish culture when we immerse our children in not only in, in high schools where you're mixed with people just at the same age, but even you're, you're mixing girls and boys. There's a whole study of that in terms of mm. the effectiveness of education. But it's also this idea that they turn inward constantly. It's always about them. It's not about the world. And, and that's a great myth because your life is not about you. And so to be able to have that empathy, we have to live that day by day. And that socialization, as, as Maureen said, first of all, let's get down to it, really. How much social <laughs> time are they actually having in school? I mean, isn't right. that a problem if they're sitting around socializing? I mean, it's really about maybe lunchtime, a little bit of recess time. So I really believe our kids are socializing and learning the social graces. Who better to teach you humility than your own siblings? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and just on really? that as well, I, I think we need to ask the people that would put that question to you, what do you mean by socialising? Because yeah. what I see a lot of children doing is not what I want to see my children doing by being in a homeschool environment. As Maureen and, and Pally, you've both said, there's actually more time to be more intentional about what you do with your time when it comes to socialising I know that I would love my children to be more involved with the parish and, and, and parish life. And, and unfortunately, when we've been to churches, a lot of the time you don't see many of the, the local school kids there that are actually attached to the church. You see the homeschooling mm -hmm. families there and you're able to socialise with those families and do yeah. activities with those families. But there's a real disconnect between the church and the school. So even within a Catholic school environment, that, that's not really grabbing my attention as uh, an environment I want my children to be growing up in because I see that there's a lack of socialisation in, in that environment. And that's an outsider looking in, that granted, but, but mm -hmm. I, I'm just not seeing something there that, 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 that captures my imagination and says, yes, I want my children to have that. Whereas when yeah. I see the homeschooling families all there turn up in their vans, as the, the stereotype would suggest, <laughs> and, and they all line up in the pews. But that's yeah. actually a good thing. They're all there. They're all there together. They're all, I mean, my definition of socialising is using their time wisely with like-minded people who can actually help them grow in their faith and, and contribute something more to the family unit to, to make it a, a community unit, if you like. And I think there's real value in that. So I think the real question that you need to, to shoot straight back is what's your definition of, of socialising? Because I don't want my kids hanging around down at the shopping centre causing trouble. Once again, a stereotype I know, but you do see that out in the community. And I don't want my children to fall into that particular um, way of spending their time. I, I want their time to be spent more intentionally. And I think in the homeschooling environment, as Paola and Maureen, you've both pointed out, there's so much more scope to be more creative and intentional about how to do that. Yeah. yeah reality, reality check, though, one of the things you brought up is that, you know, um, Charbel, you talked about some of the cons, and there is a downside to homeschooling in, in, in this regard. And part of that is that 
there is a great temptation to turn into yourselves. And so that can happen. And I have witnessed families that are afraid of the world and have sheltered. And that is something, you know, like anything good, we can take that good and twist it to something that is not what it's meant to be. So I do want to, you know, make that a point that you do have to intentionally want to be outside the world. I do believe that most, most of the families we interact with are that way, but there's always that scrupulosity um, mm-hmm. that can enter into an environment. And, and uh, you know, we really need to be careful of that. Though I was blessed one of my first homeschooling conferences by a priest who said that. He said, you know, do not become like the Essenes. You know, we know they died themselves out because we needed to retreat into a cave to be by ourselves. And he encouraged us to be totally involved in our parish life, you know. And really, for most of our family, we were that family that took up the whole pew, you know, that homeschooled their kids, you know, and, and, but yet they had grandmas and aunts and, you know, these families that all adopted us and they became the fabric of our family life because it was centered on our parish life. And that was a real wonderful gift to remember, do not turn your family just into yourselves, be a part of that larger community. That's so good. Um, uh, just a, a comment, and Mark, we all addressed it. The social, when we when we compare um, uh, school kids today um, versus you know the society before, right now with our with our smartphones, with the headphones in their ears, and um, and and gaming, and the whole idea of you know going on buses and trains, and everyone is sort of self centered anyway. I'm sort of questioning my my to myself: How social are the kids in school anyway? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, well, right. what type of social is it healthy at the moment? I don't. I, I would question. Uh, uh, let's. Uh, how social are we in a society where people are in in the school and and we've got all this type of bullying going on and 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 uh, people sort of uh, closing in on themselves and and not opening up and and we've got a high suicide rate at the moment in mm-hmm. the Western world and you know I'm not saying that's because of school but it's certainly because of um, there's a lack of faith today and a lack of other purpose and 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 I think uh, we need to reassess. What we're exposing our children to, and what, and it's it's a team effort here. Parents need to really um, pull together. Um, it's it's the parenting. If you are in a school situation, you know you, you typically get sort of sides here: teachers versus parents, um, or teachers in one camp, parents in another, student and students and kids in another. And so you have this sort of three parts, and and, and two might work against the other. And the, it's quite interesting. It, they're not all in in one on one side. And so you see a lot of problems in schools now we need to readdress. But um, we've got about 10 minutes left, and I really want to make sure we get towards a little bit about um, this collaboration and and between Emmanuel Books and Homeschool Connections, along with Smart Catholics and Perugia, bringing this virtual homeschool conference. It's only a week and a half away. So shall we start? (laughs) Um, Why don't we um, start? uh, Pal, do you want to springboard... um, How's it going? What can we expect from this sure. conference coming up? And uh, let's let's go from there. Again, it the minute we said yes, just like yeah. you know, as a you know parent, yes. when you say yes, you can't imagine life without your children. You can't really have imagined it. We can't imagine what has been unfolding. Uh, just really, maybe four or five weeks ago, um, 
I called up Maureen and, and I said, Maureen, because I know that they are acclimated to this online environment. They run their classes online. They know that tech part of it. And I said, are you guys going to do anything virtual? I, I see everything's been shut down. And they, you know, said yes. <laughs> and then <laughs> I knew that, again, as Charbel, you said, I worked with you, um, you know, on the business side of things. And I knew that many of your events were moving online as well. And, and we both, you know, it's interesting, all of us, you know, have seven children <laughs> and they're homeschooling. Yeah, and again, that's really that's an funny. awesome collaboration. So you knew the heart of a homeschool parent. Uh, and I, I remember sending the email and like, Charbel, is this a crazy idea? Like, no, go for it. And so um, what Charbel has been able to bring to us again is, is the audience in Australia. We hope that we can reach further out into, you know, um, the other side of the world in yes. terms of the beauty of homeschooling. Um, as Maureen had said, when we talk about it, our Protestant brothers and sisters are, are a little bit ahead of us with homeschooling. Um, but in, and they actually have had online conferences for a few years. So here we are catching up again, and we're <laughs> doing the first international conference. We have now over 50 speakers. And they're in three well. different oh areas. Goodness. Yeah, we amazing. When I look at all the talks, <laughs> we'll be posting the the speaker, you know, agenda and talks as a download when you register for the conference, so that you can pick and choose and just binge watch for three days. But there will be um, talks primarily centered from you know how to begin homeschooling as a newbie all the way to college prep and in between that kind of homeschool guidance. But then we also have tracks on and talks on marriage and family life, so central to our life and why we are homeschooling. And then the third one, which we all have touched upon today, which is character and virtue development. So you're gonna hear from some very famous names and then also some um, veterans of homeschooling like uh, Maureen and myself will be talking about it. We have some live sessions. Kimberly Hahn is going to be speaking. Um, and yes, and some of the, um, I guess, probably better known homeschool veterans in the United States, Laura Burquist. Um, and then we have uh, Mary Ellen Barrett and um, Pam Barnhill. Pam we'll Barnhill. Yep. Great. Great. Yep. So, so those will be live talks. There'll be agenda for those as well. We'll stream them. There's a Facebook private group where they're going to get to meet some of our sponsors, do a Q&A session. So a lot of exciting opportunities to form community, to get the help and the ideas that we're creating for you, this like toolbox that will help you on your journey to homeschool in this next coming year. Wow. Um, yeah. Maureen, a bit about yeah. um, the opportunity here now. I know you've worked with homeschoolers uh, over the years and, and the work that you provide. How is this, um, what, what do you see people can expect um, to take advantage of now in the next week and a half? What can they, um, I guess, who's this for, in your opinion? And, yeah. and you know, you've probably come across all sorts of homeschooling scenarios. Well, so... Homeschool Connections is doing webinars for years, mm -hmm. but this is different where it is a full conference. We, we try to mimic a physical conference. So not only do we have all these great speakers, but we also have great vendors okay. and, um, and sponsors. And we're going to have um, be streaming mass and, and adoration and things like that. 
So we're trying to mimic that physical conference. So who are we serving? We're trying to serve everybody. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to have talks for the new people, people who are just considering it, people who have been pandemic schooling. And, and when, so by the way, pandemic schooling, everyone is not homeschooling. <laughs> that is not homeschooling. So in fact, it's Kimberly Hans talk, right? Pandemic schooling versus homeschooling. So, so we'll have talks and helps for the person who's just considering and discerning. Is this right for me? So some of those talks are going to help them. The new person. So ideas and helps for them, tangible help, as well as being able to visit that vendor hall and see what curriculum is out there. For me, when I go to a physical conference, I go for the vendor hall. You know, mm-hmm. the, the speakers are the gravy. They're, they're the whipped cream on the top. But I, I want a vibrant vendor hall because I want to see what new curriculum is out there. I want to see the books. I want to touch them. I want to feel them. So we're trying to mimic that. We're, we're asking our our vendors to do videos where they show their curriculum and, and let people kind of feel mm-hmm. and touch it from far away. <laughs> so we're trying to serve the vendors, the speakers, mm-hmm. the, the, the old timers like Paula and me, well, maybe we'll say veterans. <laughs> <laughs> it's so okay. For, yes. People We're both for, grandmas. It's okay. <laughs> old timers. <laughs> I do have seven grandchildren in, in addition to seven children. So yeah, I am a grandma. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So, you know, we're just trying to serve as many people as we can at homeschool connections. We're getting, three times the phone calls we normally get this time of year. Mm-hmm. And almost all of those phone calls are people saying, should I homeschool? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of homeschooling. Tell me what that entails. It's those big questions. And so when Paula called me and, and Walter, my co-founder at Homeschool Connections, we just felt that this has to be done and no one else is doing mm-hmm. it. So we have to do it because people need this information. And, um, most of the people we're hearing from are people who have been considering homeschooling for a long time. And the, the uh, coronavirus is kind of the last thing pushing them. But we're also hearing from people who never considered it before. So they need a lot of information, a lot of handholding. And so yeah. thank you. with 50 um, speakers, we're going to be able to address everyone's amazing. needs, I hope. Yeah. yeah, I love it. There are three uh, themes. Um, so just uh, I guess everyone right now will put the link in the comments section, uh, there is the Catholic Homeschool Conference. There's a Facebook event um, page right now, so we've put mm-hmm. that link in, but also the actual website, and that website, Paola, for everyone? It, um, it's catholichomeschoolconference.com. catholichomeschoolconference.com. Conference.com. We'll get our guardian angel there to get that up, catholichomeschoolconference.com, <laughs> and that uh, people can register now. Uh, it's completely yeah. free to register, um, and, and you get access to all the talks. There's this live element. Can you tell us how that will work? So, those, uh, so will Kimberly Hahn be one of the speakers live? And how yes, does that work? Yes, and all the live talks will be recorded. So okay. um, they they will eventually be in. You know, as soon as they. So I want to say that because I know we got people saying. In fact, I had somebody who's going to have a baby that weekend, and she's like, <laughs> "What if I miss Kimberly's talk?" And so. They will be recorded. We will have okay. them. Those will be just like we're doing this call now, you know, this uh, live interview. It's going to be an interview. Uh, I mean, a talk like that. There will be a host, the keynote speaker, and then they'll open it up to questions and answer period as well. All of that will be then recorded and loaded into the conference site where people can then view them at their convenience. What's the Fantastic. best time for them. Right. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. We'll and that's actually something we probably need to address is, 
after the conference, mm. what does the, the package look like? How do you access all this content? Yes. If you're not Great able question. to get to this when what's what's the, the way to get hold of all this? So content? we have a VIP pass, which you can purchase ahead of time now if, when you register, or you can um, even while the event is going on. And uh, the VIP pass allows you access to all the talks after the three days, as well as um, several bonus items. One of the books that Maureen mentioned that she wrote is going to be one of those books that will be added into as a bonus, which is The Homeschool Treasury. Then we also have Charbel's book from Islam to Christ is going to be again included in that VIP pass. We also have some book lists, reading lists for children. One of the most popular things that I know Maureen and I get questions all the time, you know, what are safe books for our kids to read and, or read aloud to them? And so we have those book lists, some um, uh, little activities for um, uh, the scapular and Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So some goodies that will be on that bonus as well um, as part of that package that goes up in price after the show. And so, you know, if you do the early bird, it's like half the price, $47. And then after the show, it'll go up to $97. So encouraging people to sign up right away. And the other thing is you also are supporting all these Catholic businesses. I did want to just say that one more time is that, you know, the exhibitor hall will stay open because, um, when you begin homeschooling, and I know that first year I went to a conference, there were just so many choices, I ended up picking up nothing. So we want to give people plenty of time to peruse all those vendor pages, go listen to their videos, but also to support those Catholic businesses. Because when you do that, they have the capital to produce more products and to stay in business and provide us with beautiful, beautiful things that we can teach our children with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. Um, Great. Uh, any um, any final words? Now, I actually there was a question. Uh, maybe we can squeeze this in uh, before we wrap up. It is it is time, but if we can just squeeze this one minute just to address Philippa's question, and I'd like to uh, thank her for for commenting here. Um, and the, the question goes like this: um, Can we answer the, How do we answer people who worry about children who won't learn to take direction from anyone but mum and dad? How do we address that? I don't Thank know that you. I've ever gotten that question before. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Philippa. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably, I mean, it sounds to me like she probably gets that question, you yeah. know, like that that, that argument saying, well, if you, because it still stems from the original myth. And the mm -hmm. huge myth is that number one is that our children are in the house, locked in a room, and they're just listening to mom and dad. And that couldn't be further from the truth, you know, yeah, for right. as Maureen has said, and, and I know for my own children, our children are out in the world serving the world we've had, and they've had to obey and listen to directives of other people. I think if anything, they understand authority and they understand to respect right. people of different ages because they're interacting with people of different ages, not looking at them as the enemy, you know, like it's us against them, which is the perpetuated, you know, as, as you mentioned, Charbel, that whole, you know, trying to pull each other apart, parents against teacher, against yes. students. It, it's just more natural. Right. Well, I may world. be my child's primary educator. I'm not their baseball coach or their gymnastics coach mm -hmm. or their horse riding coach. I'm not their uh, youth minister, their youth leader. Um, 
And then when you get to high school and I couldn't teach calculus, I had a tutor, you know, my great failure as a homeschooler is I could not teach my children Latin. So the first thing I did when I started homeschool connections was find a Latin teacher. So, you know, there are plenty of opportunities for your children to um, answer to other authorities than you. Yes. Yes. And that is a good thing to do before they get off to college too. You know, we do, we do. And that's why I love homeschool connections because there are deadlines and there are other styles and they have to understand how to follow directions and be able to ask questions when they're confused. And it's a great way to sample that out. And homeschool connections even does a a dual enrollment with Franciscan university. So kids are even able to sample college at a high school level and earn credits for college. Mm -hmm. So so there are, there are pathways for homeschoolers to get into college. And and that's, that's another. Oh, um, yes. (laughs) Yes, Definitely. Uh, to know more, I encourage everyone to go to um, Homeschool Connections website, get to know more about what's happening there, Emmanuel Books, and, of course, please register for this event. One final word as we close, and I might start with Mark. Thanks for joining, Mark. And one Thank word, you. those who are sitting on the fence, they've been exposed to this idea of staying at home, parents who have been with their kids, ripping their hair out, not knowing what to do. What's one word of encouragement for these families? Well, can I just start firstly by thanking Paula and Maureen for the initiative yeah. of, of the conference. Thank you so much for all the work you're putting into it and, and such a useful resource that we're going to have yeah. now after the weekend on, ongoing as well. Basically, I, I think it's really important just from my perspective to finish is that we're not necessarily, by being homeschooling parents and families, we're not saying that there aren't good schools out there. Mm-hmm. There are good schools yeah. out there, and for some people, that is the option they need to take. What we're doing is presenting homeschooling as another valid option, something that may not have been considered. Homeschooling mm-hmm. isn't the cult, as, as Paula mentioned, that, that, that some people <laughs> may may think it to be. Homeschooling is a valid option, and, and I think it is something that's worthy of a good discernment before defaulting to the local public school or the local Catholic school. If the local public school or the local Catholic school is the best option for your children, that's the option you need to take. And that's the decision you need to make. We as homeschooling parents are purely putting out there an option that we find works for us. And we're excited by that. And we want to share our excitement in in what we found and and the way we educate our children with others so that they can discern if if there's something in that for them as well. So it's not something to be scared of. It's something to be embraced and it is a a valid option. And I just really encourage people to to give it some consideration. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Um, Paola, what would you say in this Yeah, I say what I always say to my consult, you know, the clients I consult, um, you always have to get back to the why. You know, why am I homeschooling? And it really begins with you and your husband in a prayerful way and with God, you know, involved saying, how do I define education for my children? And when you really get down to that, that why, then it will help to make clear for you what choice you want. For our family, it was very clear that we wanted to simplify our lives so our children had Uh, the ability to hear in the silence what God was calling them to and be able to tailor curriculum towards their strengths. And for us, homeschooling was the best way to do that. And it's been um, a joy ever since. Hard, hardest labor of love, but but a joy. (laughs) Thank you very much for that. And and Maureen, what would you say as a final word? Um, If you're new to homeschooling or it's something you're considering, Just remember, you don't have to imitate 
school. You don't have to imitate what they're doing at the brick and mortar school in your home. You can be much more relaxed. You can focus on child, certain children's needs. Um, I've had children with all kinds of learning disabilities from dyslexia to um, high functioning autism to speech impediments and all those things. In all those instances, homeschooling was actually a blessing because I was able to address that child individually and work with them one-on-one. And get the help, like Paula said earlier, right? You need to know when to farm things out. I went out and got help. I was trained in Orton Gillingham. I was trained, you know, how to work with my daughter with a speech impediment. So build your homeschool around your home, your family, and that individual child. And they're, they're learning the way they learn, their learning style, and their individual interests and needs. And you'll be a success. Just enjoy it. Have fun. All right, you need to have fun with it. If if it's yes. a drag, you shouldn't be doing it. But yeah. sit beside them, learn beside them, and let them see your joy in reading books and learning new things. This is so great. I might throw in my little point here, and this is something, uh, and I feel like we need another show on this topic. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we're not doing it justice here because it's sort of, we're, we're just scratching the surface. Such a big topic. So yeah. make sure you're registered to, to get more about this topic uh, for next week's free conference. But I, I would say uh, for someone who's had, uh, children in school and out of school and both being my, both parents, my wife and I being teachers, we know what it's like, the whole rush in the morning. And you think about a lot of people think of homeschooling, oh, it's, it's just so hard, so difficult. It's all day. How do I do it? Well, let, let's look at the what, what a typical school life is where you're getting up, you know, ni- nice and early. You've got to get the, the, the school uniform in Australia. We wear a uniform in, in some of the <laughs> private schools in America. I know you do, but, yes. um, you know, you've got to get them dressed. You've got to have make sure their homework is done. You got to prepare their lunches. You got to, at least an hour in the morning of, of, of preparation, getting him to school and back, or whatever whatever the scenario is. There's about two hours worth of um, hustle and bustle and rush to get that going. You got to do that again in, at three o'clock, and so then you've got this other two hours of your day, sort of stressing about all that. So there's four hours right there, and then you've got homework on top of that in the evening, and then there's then you've got the busyness uh, of all the extracurricular stuff. So. When you start looking at the alternative, all that busyness in, in transporting the kids to school, preparing, as not including any of the other things you've got to do, um, you know what? That gets poured into. Imagine you get up and you get straight into it at home. You're done by midday. And so right. the idea is then the kids can um, do other things and, and things of that, that, that that's great for them. So I love the flexibility um, of homeschooling. I have to admit that you're on your own timetable and you can work it. So um, just to consider that if those are on the fence. Um, and in a in a position to do it, um, yeah, highly recommend it. Pray about it, of course, and 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 it is a it is a um, a decision husband and wife have to make. So we, we pray for you. Well, look, I want to thank everyone. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you, Mark. Thank um, you. What a great show thank and uh, lots of thank tips. You. I hope that planted some seeds and um, and I hope those who are watching, um, you may have been on the fence. If you want to consider it, um, I sort of think take the plunge, you know, jump off uh, the cliff and you'll grow your wings on the way down, as they say. So, mm-hmm. you know, give it a shot and, and you never know. Um, it could be a calling for you and your family situation. And to know more, please register um, catholichomeschoolconference.com. Go to catholichomeschoolconference.com. Register with this free event. Get access to over 50 speakers. Um, my, my wife and I are going to be featuring. You've got Kimberly Hahn and a range of other world-class speakers. And so please get involved and register today. That's another show. That's another Perusia podcast. Thank you again. I'm Shabo with my co-host, Mark. And uh, until next week, God bless. Bye.